Welcome to the fifth episode of Conflict and Conversations on social media. Today, we will be reflecting on the past four episodes and examining the key ethical questions that arise specifically for Israeli and Palestinian students. Let's get right to it. Element that all four of them emphasize and acknowledge that it is really, really important to listen to the other side, um, not only to to learn how to have conversations and prepare for maybe counterpoints that may be given to you when having these conversations, um, but also just to really learn about the conflict more. When you have a good understanding of both sides, I it seems that you can have a better grasp and a better opinion and a stronger opinion about the conflict in general. When thinking about this, it seems that it is very easy for people to say, yeah, I listen to the other side because you know, I read the news and I know what's going on on the other side and I am aware that there is an, an another side. But throughout this project and through having these, these conversations, I've learned that listening to the other side is a purposeful action and decision that someone needs to, to do. It can't just happen by accident or through day-to-day activities. I think it is important for people to deliberately um, follow people in pages, in organizations that they disagree with, or not even disagree with, just that they are not exposed to as much. And I think that's another important point because there are so many narratives in this conflict and it's it's not necessarily one side against the other. But I think through social media, because of the echo chambers, you're only exposed to a limited amount of narratives and it is important to burst that echo chamber and listen to as many narratives as you can. And social media is an excellent platform for doing that because there are a lot of individuals and um, organizations and companies that use this platform to share specifically about the conflict and listening to people that you don't agree with or that you are not exposed to as much is a decision that people need to make every day because social media is a very confusing place. I mean, it started out as a platform that was for your friends to share content of your your everyday life and pictures of, of dinner and of fun activities. And now the whole political sphere has become very, very strong in this platform. And so a lot of times you could be viewing your friends having fun and then suddenly you see a post about the conflict and you don't always want to read it because you just wanted to be on social media to relax and look at what your friends are doing. Um, but this is a choice that people need to make every day to, to actually read what is posted, take the time to read it, even if it's difficult to read, and to continue the conversation like Sad said. Another common theme that all four spoke about is that they all acknowledge the importance of having conversations between Israelis and Palestinians. And most of them said that social media is actually a very good place that these conversations could happen. Shiraz first said that social media is a great place for these conversations to take place because it, first of all, it just gives the opportunity to have these conversations. Um, Through social media, you can talk to anyone in the whole world at any time and without, without social media it'll be very hard to meet people from all over the world to to have um conversations 
um, and to be able to to experience a whole nother human. So so social media gives that that opportunity. And I would add that it's not it's not only a, pl- a platform that you can have conversations on. It's also a platform that you can listen to anyone from the world. Social media is the only place where you can listen to all these little narratives that are happening um, in um, any conflict in the world, but specifically for our case, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. You can listen to stories from from you know more prominent figures, and you can also listen to stories from from everyday people that you know walk on the street and experience this conflict in in so many different ways. So. In that way, this platform really is is a special way to to have these conversations and to listen to other people. Saad also acknowledges that social media is a is a place that conversations can happen, but he he says that a precondition for these conversations is that both sides need to acknowledge um, the other side's suffering, and this uh-huh. acknowledgement can be can be expressed through the language we use um, when having these conversations. He says that Israelis need to acknowledge that when they say the word Zionism to him, he is going to be triggered in a way because that brings up a lot of his nation's suffering. So for him, he says that if he has a conversation with someone and they bring up the word Zionism, he is going to shut down immediately and, and maybe even stop the conversation. And very interestingly, Rudy said a very similar thing. He said that if he has a conversation with someone and they use the word apartheid, um, he will shut down as well. So it was very interesting to learn that the um, conditions for having conversation is not just the, the good intent or actually having the conversation, but there are a lot of little nuances, especially when using language that can really um, make a conversation be more productive and beneficial. And, and also, when having conversations in person, you can also hear the tone of the voice and you can see the person's eyes and really have that personal experience. Whereas on social media, language has a lot more of an effect because that personal connection is taken away and the power of words becomes much more strong. Having conversations about the conflict is, is difficult and a lot of people are still grappling about how they feel about the conflict. And again, there are so many little narratives um, and different opinions that it's it's very, and it's a very touchy subject. So it's it's very hard to have these conversations about, about the conflict. And while I understand that language is an important factor, I think also that the partner in conversation should try and make um, the person speaking feel as comfortable as possible because only then will they express their true opinions in a in the in the best way possible again on the other side i do think that language is a is a critical factor and we should be we should acknowledge how the other side interprets the word or may feel about words that we use um, but at the same time i think that we should be more forgiving when people use words that we may be triggered by or don't agree with. And so I think um, a happy medium needs to be found between between those two extremes. Um, Another interesting thing that Saad said is that he said it's important to to continue the conversation online and not just have, you know, not just express your opinion or have one conversation and think that the conversation's done. But it's important to to keep the conversation going because the conflict is so complicated. 
these are conversations that need to be going on through through time. And another thing that, that Rudy said is that all Israelis and Palestinians should understand that to be pro one side doesn't make you anti the other side. And when having conversations, people should really focus on the things that th bring the two sides together and not focus on just pointing fingers and demonizing the other side. Um, and I think that's a really good point to make conversations more productive um, is to actually focus on the points that the two sides maybe agree upon or agree that there is a problem in and focus on those sides instead of just saying instead of just pointing fingers which will not help continue the conversation as Saad said. Lee Professor Senzai also noted that people need to know when to have these conversations so even though there is the opportunity to have these conversations at all times through social media we should also be aware when we have these conversations and when is the best time because in times of major escalations when emotions are very very high this is obviously not a good time to have a productive conversation because people are much more angry and much more emotion-based and conversations will probably not be as productive as they can be when things are a little bit more calm and so he pointed out that it is important to have conversations but it is, it is also important to know when to have these conversations. One interesting theme that all four people spoke about um, in the conversations that I had with them is whether Israelis and Palestinians have a responsibility to share on social media, at, especially at times of escalation, but we can also take this to day-to-day uh, -day scenarios when tensions are not as high. Um, and they all had really interesting things to say. So first, Shiraz, the Israeli student, says, that she feels a responsibility to post because of her specific followers. Um, because she has many followers from all over the world, from her time studying in the States and from the people she knows in France, she feels like she has a larger platform and it's, she has a way to break some people's echo chambers and show them information that they may not see on their regular feed. So it seems to me that she, that she thinks she's in a particularly special position because she she has that access to break some people's echo chambers and I think that is where her responsibility stems. Saad on the other hand said that he feels that he's he has a responsibility to post because he easily could have been one of the Palestinian kids in uh. the West Bank right now and uh. so it seems that he is saying that he would want others to post if he was in that situation. And more importantly than that, he was talking about all these other um, social justice problems that have happened in the past and that people learn about in school. Um, and it seemed that it was very difficult for him to comprehend how the world did not do anything when these crimes were going on and that these people were part of the problem as well. Bringing it back to the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, he says that he doesn't want to be part of the problem. So, so for him, if he knows what's going on and he does not post about it, for him, he is part of the problem. Rudy, the influencer, says that Israelis and Palestinians specifically have a great responsibility to post. When you post, you're protecting, he used the word brothers, and um, that's where his feeling of duty stems from. And lastly, Professor Senzai said that he 
in a very interesting way differentiated between posting personal experiences and posting updates and for him students obviously don't have to post but he put an emphasis on the importance and the value that it has when students share their personal experiences in an online setting but he also um, emphasized it in the in the classroom setting when when he says that he really encourages Israelis and Palestinians to share their to share their personal experiences because it makes the conflict become much more real for other students and so this is kind of similar to 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 what Shiraz was saying because Shiraz said that she feels responsible to post because of the followers that are not connected to the Israeli and Palestinian conflict and may not be very exposed to the conflict and I think that that is in conversation with with Professor Senzai's point because he says that personal experiences really brings the uh, non-Israeli or Palestinian people um, to feel more connected, to humanize the conflict, to see the humans on each side. On the other hand, he said that um, Israelis and Palestinians should share updates about the conflict, but this is only if they are bridge builders and they, if, if they are non-polemic people. And this is a very big thing to say, which I've been thinking about a lot, how, how you can be a bridge builder in a conflict that has two very opposing sides and a lot of different narratives. Another interesting thing that came up when I was talking to Shiraz and Saad are the two trends that came up specifically during the last major escalation in May 2021. Um, on the one hand, on the Israeli side, um, there was a don't know, don't post trend, which was people that were posting original content saying that if you don't know what you are talking about, then you shouldn't post at all. And on the other hand, on the Palestinian side, Saad said that this wasn't necessarily a trend, but he noticed that people were posting a lot more short videos right from the conflict area and giving some context about what is happening in that video, which was a very, very pow powerful tool for, for Palestinians during the last major escalation. When I, t when I spoke with Shiraz about how she felt when non-Israeli or Palestinian were spreading hate and misinformation in a very careless way, she said that she doesn't blame them because, because she was once there. Um, she acknowledged that it, it looks nice to look nice. If you overlook a social justice problem, this can look very bad on you. And also, the, the content that is shown on social media seems very, very credible. So... Without a lot of research, it seems to people that they can get a very good grasp of what's going on because of infographics and, and videos and, and content straight from the conflict area. Uh, a lot of people may think that they know what's going on and will want to help in, in any way if it's by sharing or posting something original without knowing that they're spreading hate or misinformation. And so Shiraz acknowledges this and she says, I, I don't blame them because... I was once there with other social justice issues where where I became involved and I started posting because not just I wanted to look nice, but I wanted to, to do good. I had good intention. The other hand, Saad was saying that we as Israelis and Palestinians need to acknowledge that people may be irresponsible when they post, but we can't be naive and say that social capital doesn't matter because it does. And what Saad means when he says social capital is that you have more and more followers and more and more people listening to what you have to say. So in a conflict when the opinion of the world is extremely important, 
when you have more social capital, you have more power to express your opinions and your worries to as many people as possible. It has a great influence on the reputation of the Israelis or the Palestinians or the conflict in general. And um, in that sense, it's good when people repost repost what um, Israelis and Palestinians post. Saad acknowledged on himself that when people share his content more, suddenly people start watching his content more. Like that, that is good for him. So while he acknowledges that people can be irresponsible when they post, it is also important to take into consideration that social capital does matter. Um, and it's important to gain more social capital. And something interesting that was happening on the on the Palestinian side is that because that social capital is so critical to them in a in a very justified way, there were articles that I read while doing research for this that they said that if people want to help and solve these social justice issues happening in oh. Israel, then they should post even at the expense of misinformation. That's an interesting point, and it's hard to determine whether whether that is or an ethically justified point because on the one hand, social capital is very important, and the trend that was happening in the last conflict is that Palestinians were posting more videos straight from the conflict area, so it seems that this diminishes the misinformation part but in my opinion this information can still be spread through videos when not the whole context is given and so videos can be very very useful but they can also be very problematic because they seem as a very credible and reliable source because it's a video straight from the conflict area straight from the heart of the problem and on the other hand, can you really put the Israeli and Palestinian conflict in a 20-second video? I'm not sure. And and as as Saad acknowledged as well, people won't read when you if you try and give the full context if that is even possible through social media. When people when people use social media, they keep scrolling, they don't want to read a lot, they don't want to do further research. I think the Palestinian trend is very strong and is very useful for the Palestinian side but questions do do arise whether it is justified that at the expense of as the spread of misinformation that this trend goes on and the same can also be said about the don't know don't post trend I mean when I when I asked Shiraz who do you think can't post I mean she said that she won't tell anyone not to post but she would like social media users to be more conscious when when they share. And so I think in that way, the two trends are really opposed because the don't know, don't post comes from the desire for people to acknowledge that what they post has consequences and people should acknowledge that before they post. And on the other hand, the Palestinian trend of sharing video, uh, sharing short videos encourages people to post because that source is so credible and so reliable. Now, I think when we talk about this, it's also important to acknowledge where this stems from. I mean, Israel is the stronger side. And so I think Israel has the luxury of saying we'd rather have no one post because we don't want misinformation to spread. I think because the Palestinians are the weaker side, 
Um, social media is a very, very powerful and useful and important tool for them that they may be justified yeah, to say at the expense of misinformation, we still want people to post because this is one of our most powerful tools that, tools that we have in order to fight for, for our rights. So even maybe at, at a first look, it may seem that um, the Palesti- that Palestinian so-called trend is a little careless. I think that when looking at the full context, I think that both wow. trends have justification and have good elements and have and have harmful elements even after reflecting on the conversations there are still many unanswered questions that we should ask ourselves first it is important to be conscious with who we are speaking with and the language we use but it's also important to be forgiving and enable people to speak their mind how to balance the two is the challenge we should also ask how we can be a bridge builder in our post even though the conflict is so heated. What kind of posts do bridge builders even post? How should we balance the want to expose our own narrative and gain social capital while also discouraging misinformation and information that is spread by people that are not actually informed? And lastly, does the weaker side in a conflict justify the spread of misinformation? That's it for us today. In the next episode, we will be discussing the ethical implications for non-Israeli and Palestinian students. Stay tuned.